Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Cara. Well, hello, Vanessa. We're going to talk about a topic today that people skirt around, but is kind of a little amorphous and is also kind of new and burgeoning and complex. And it's the topic of orthorexia, which some people may have never heard that term before. And some people may be familiar with it. And Car, can you start out just explaining how it sounds like a clinical term, like anorexia, except it's not even clear if people agree on whether it's a clinical term and what the term even means in the first place? Absolutely. I was at a race with my son this weekend talking to another parent about exactly this sort of what is this phenomenon? Wait, there's a name for it? Oh my gosh, that helps so much. That means it's happening to other people. So here's just a little primer about orthorexia. So the term means, essentially it means an obsession with food. And some people would extend it to exercise, similar to eating disorders like bulimia that can involve exercise as part of the diagnosis. So too, orthorexia can be an obsession with sort of a rigidity in your nutritional intake. And also some would extend it to how you 
exercise or how one exercises maybe a little bit obsessively or really rigidly. And I'd say the best way of describing what it is, and I'm struggling because there are lots of definitions. We've had people on this podcast like Zoe Bisbane who would argue that the definition that's floating around in the in the greater world is not necessarily the clinical definition. And the clinical definition has not been accepted as a definition that you can use as a diagnostic code. So this is all very, you know, soft, I would say, our description. But here's bottom line what it is. If you know someone who is extraordinarily rigid about how they eat to the point where they are limiting either the amount or more likely the type of foods that they're eating, then they might fall under the umbrella of orthorexia. You might wonder, Vanessa, what about people who have eating habits that are rigid because they have certain beliefs? What about vegetarians? What about vegans? What about pescatarians? What about people who eat certain ways because of their religious beliefs? And there's this really gray, fuzzy area. And so often the way orthorexia first shows up is a switch to one of these different eating styles. Like, oh, I've decided to become vegan. Now, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you have orthorexia. But a teenager who suddenly decides to become vegan may, may be really tipping their toe into the waters of restrictive eating. And that could be a sign that they're orthorexic. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think one phenomenon that we've talked about with a few different guests and just amongst ourselves is this concept of like getting healthy, right? Tweens and teens getting healthy and the world around them applauds that effort because it is often a kid who the world deems is carrying too much weight or extra weight, or it's a kid who's had kind of quote, junk food eating habits, right? They're drinking soda or eating sort of non-nutrition rich foods or kids who have like really resisted exercising a lot. And all of a sudden they're like on a health kick and they are starting to run, right? So it's like, Una Hansen has a piece for CNN this week, actually, and she works with families through Equip, which is a a Zoom or virtual eating disorder treatment company, and they work with adults, with the parents and the kids. And she talks a lot about this, like getting healthy phenomenon as something to actually be really aware of and and sort of noticing in a very focused way. Um, so. That's one way it happens. Another way it happens is this veganism or sort of this restriction, right? And kids are like, oh, I don't eat this anymore. I don't eat that anymore. And there may be good reasons, like, right? I mean, this may be a kid who's been like lactose intolerant all their life and struggling with, you know, stomach pains and diarrhea. And all of a sudden they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm cutting dairy out of my diet. Right. Or, or maybe um, they saw that famous video that kids see in fifth and sixth grade and they rightfully say animal cruelty or environmental impact. I don't right. want to eat meat anymore. Right. So there are reasons, totally there are reasons, but where parents are stuck, I think, and frankly, all of the adults and kids' lives get stuck is Vanessa, where is the line between getting healthy right. and becoming disordered in your eating. And 
are there things that we can look for in particular? Are there certain features of the behavior that we can look for? Yeah. So I think a willingness or unwillingness to eat in certain restaurants or participate in certain family meals or a shopping list that has become drastically different and quite rigid in its requirements, right? In terms of like what they will and won't eat, what they want you to buy, that they won't come to certain family events or eat at certain family events because of what's there. And so there's a rigidity there. There's also on the exercise front, a rigidity about not wanting to participate or join in on certain things because it gets in the way of their opportunities to exercise. Maybe they were exercising one time a day and now all of a sudden there's exercising more than once a day, right? That's a phenomenon that we've seen. And depending on what sports they're playing or what activities they're involved in, that actually might be a requirement of that sport or that activity, or it might not be. So I think there's um, a ramping up of sort of more intense behaviors and there's a way in which that ramping up gets in the way of normal participation in life and the sort of everyday activities, family activities, school activities, social activities, that all of a sudden they're no longer wanting to engage in those because those kinds of activities get in the way of this rigidity. Right. And I don't want to jump to the punchline too quickly, but I'm going to jump to the punchline quickly. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to know how to even begin to approach the conversation with a kid around this, exactly what you've described, defining exactly that is really important. Every piece of advice we give in the field of pediatrics boils down to moderation, right? I mean, isn't that like screen time, moderation, trying new things with friends, being smart, safe, moderation, eating junk food, moderation. So the same is true when you start seeing someone in your life and it doesn't matter what their age is, honestly. Yeah. Um, But you can have a kid, you can have an adult. It doesn't really matter. What matters is when you start seeing a little bit of what you might think of as obsessive or restrictive behavior around food or exercise to open the lines of communication. And to say, this is what I would say. This is what I have said in my own home. I have a, a an athlete who lives in my house and he does a sport that is very intense and very heady. And, you know, these kids are sitting on this cusp constantly. And what I have said many, many times is, hey, I think it's great that you're eating so healthfully. I want to tell you the thing I worry about. It's that you'll become obsessive or it will be restrictive or frankly, that thinking about food and nutrition will occupy so much of your brain space that you don't have brain space to think about or do other more interesting things. And so let's just keep the lines of communication open about the choices you're making and how those choices are impacting how you feel. I will say orthorexia tends to skew more male. And this is an important point. I want to talk about that because having grown up, for those of us who grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, where it was like anorexia and bulimia, and that's about getting smaller and about getting thin oftentimes, orthorexia is not necessarily about getting smaller or thinner. It's often about actually getting more cut, more muscular, leaner, 
more defined, right? A lot of the body image pressures that boys and men feel are around that kind of body image. It's not necessarily about getting thin, right? And as women, we have felt that pressure. With guys, it's really about a different kind of body image pressure. Not for all of them. Some of them do feel a lot of pressure to be thin, but it's about musculature and definition and getting jacked and having a six pack and all of that stuff. And so people need to leave what they imagine eating disorders to look like or restrictive eating or obsessive behavior around eating and exercise. There's a whole new universe of stuff that has sprung up in recent decades. Right. So I want to, I want to frame that in a different way so that it's super clear because you are spot on. Anorexia is about restrictive eating so that the caloric intake is restricted. And so you're not getting enough calories in. And so you are burning your own fat supplies and fuel sources and you are losing weight. That is essentially the crux of anorexia. Bulimia is about eating sometimes typical amounts and sometimes excessive amounts and then purging, whether it's vomiting, laxative use, or exercise. The goal there is typically to get the food that you've just consumed out. It's often weight loss, although as we've talked about on this show, there is lots of bulimia that goes undiagnosed and completely missed because there is not weight loss associated. Orthorexia is different. Orthorexia is what Vanessa is describing as restrictive and obsessive eating. So, you know, I have to have my smoothie with two scoops of protein powder every single morning when I wake up. I must have the same sandwich with five grams of protein, whatever it is, every single day. It is not caloric restriction aimed at weight loss, although some orthorexic kids and adults will want to lose weight, but it's the fixation more on what you're putting into the body. And as you said, Vanessa, In our culture, for males, what that does is that serves the need to build musculature. And so we see it in protein powders and muscle milks more than anything. That I think those are the the beginnings. I've never met a parent whose child is orthorexic, whose child is also not protein loading. Yeah, and we have social media to thank for fueling this frenzy. and you know, you and I take a fairly balanced approach to social media and their upsides and positive things and ways where kids can learn and explore passions and curiosity using all sorts of social media platforms. This is a place, orthorexia and other eating disorders are sadly and frighteningly really fueled by misinformation and dangerous information on places like Reddit and TikTok. And kids go down a really, really, really dangerous rabbit hole around what they should be eating, how they should be eating, how they should be exercising, how to accelerate whatever goal they're trying to achieve, whether it's the way their bodies look or their weight loss. So this is a place where we are not measured about social media. This is a place where we really encourage parents to understand what their kids are watching on social media. Have they gone down the algorithm of dangerous, restrictive diet and obsessive exercising, whether it's on TikTok where it just feeds on itself. So kids are just fed video after video about, you know, 
how to change their diets in dramatic fashion or whether it's a Reddit feed where they're reading from all sorts of people who are giving them all sorts of really dangerous ideas about how to take care of their bodies. Like this is a place we need to know what our kids are watching and seeing. Right. And that's playing out in the background. And then what you may see in your home can be a range. You might see a kid who is trying to get, and I'm using air quotes now, healthy, and they may legitimately be trying to get healthy because their body is changing and they are taking some responsibility for what they're putting into their body. And it might be a good thing. Or you might start watching them and going, hmm, this is raising some flags for me. And I'm not sure if this is good, healthy or obsessive healthy. And then on the other extreme, you might have someone in your home who you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm quite sure this is not okay, healthy. So as we've said a number of times, orthorexia itself is a term that has lots of different definitions. It's not a clinical diagnosis. And so it can be hard to find a mental health care provider. And this is a mental health issue. Eating issues are mental health issues um, as well as physical health issues. So it can be hard to find a mental health provider who feels really comfortable managing this. There are a lot of wonderful resources out there, but it might take a little bit of hunting. We always recommend, and I'm going to triple down on that here, go to your family practice doctor or your pediatrician first. Use the medical resources you have to find the best mental health resources where there's crossover between the physical and the emotional, because this requires someone who really knows quite a bit about this field. You can go to a wonderful generalist in the field of mental health and get very lucky and get someone who's super comfortable with this. But sometimes general mental health care providers don't feel super comfortable. This is a new term. There isn't a ton of data. And so I would really strongly suggest that you start with the physicians and nurse practitioners in your family's life and get resources from them. Yeah. And some people are sending their kids off for the summer, right? And so their spidey sense is telling them that they're not thrilled about a level of restriction that their kid is going through. They're in mount, they're exercising. And this is a place where you speak to your healthcare provider, you speak to your kid, right? And sort of figure out where things are. You also speak to wherever they're going for the summer, right? Are they part of a sports program? Are they going to a camp? Are they going on some sort of teen program? Are they going to be staying with relatives and family members, right? This, If you are having a gut sense that not all is great, be in touch with the other trusted adults who are going to be in charge of your kid because they may applaud it. They may be like, hey, kiddo, I'm so proud of you for quote unquote getting healthy or wow, you're so disciplined. I wish I was that disciplined going running twice a day or oh, like you're not having ice cream tonight. Good for you, right? They may inadvertently feed into whatever else is going on with your kid. And like, that's really not the goal. But if they don't know what the context is, they can't help necessarily if you don't clue them in. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well then, 
there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how socks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and 
soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. I think it's important to say getting healthy is a wonderful thing. If what is happening for your child or whoever in your life is orthorexic is that they are getting rid of a lot of the junk in their life and they are switching over to a healthier eating habit. I think that's a wonderful thing. I don't think we want to demonize that. But again, it's so obvious that conversation is necessary because just in the same way that you might tell someone you're a little worried about their new habits and that you've got some flags raised, you also want to talk to them and positively reinforce the good, healthy things you're seeing. Wow, that's incredible. You used to only snack on chips and you know what? You're making really good choices for your snack. I want to make sure you know everything in moderation. So if you want to have chips, sometimes totally fine, no big deal. But it's also great that you're adding fruits and vegetables into the mix, you know, that kind of thing. You will know based upon the reaction you get and based upon the openness of the conversation, whether there are red flags coming down the road. If you start to open the conversation and they start talking in response, right? And this is the goal. Then they will tell you when they are having issues, feelings, insecurities about their body or their diet, or they will tell you, hey, I only want to eat this for dinner. And then you have a foundation for the conversation where you can say, remember that conversation we had about moderation? I'm feeling like we're not getting much moderation here. Is there something going on? There are lots of little things you can do to toe in without demonizing the behavior for them and without diagnosing them. That's really important. Yeah. I mean, one thing I notice with kids this age is they're busy learning to understand their bodies, right? And so it's like they're learning to understand what underwear feels comfortable when they have you know, gone through puberty or they're learning to understand what bras are good or they're figuring out things like what foods feel good when they put them in their body and what foods don't or what foods feel good before they exercise or after they exercise and what things make them feel crummy. So that's my goal with my kids right now is helping them understand hey, if you have a fried chicken cutlet sandwich before you go play a soccer game, it's probably not going to feel all that great during the game. And I will be totally honest, and she wouldn't mind my sharing this. My daughter came home from camp last summer and they had access to like a bin of junk food because they were in one of the older bunks. And the girls came home and like normally kids come home from camp and they look healthy and their skin is glowing and like, their eyes are clear. And she came home and she's a very vibrant person and she didn't look vibrant. And they had been eating out of this bin of like no nutrition food all summer. And I said, how did you feel? And she said, I felt like 
sluggish and slow. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I wanted to say to her, like, what the hell were you putting in your body all summer? Cause this is a kid who eats like fruits and vegetables and hamburgers and ice cream and chips. She eats like everything. And it felt like she had only been eating stuff that was like sort of making her feel gross. But again, Cara, I'm like, I don't want to give her a complex. I don't want to freak her out. I don't want to send her on some journey. So I said, this year is about learning to understand what feels good in your body and what doesn't, what makes you run to the bathroom after you've put it in your body and what makes you feel energized. And that is a lifelong process for all of us. And having that conversation is a really, really, really tricky line because you don't want to push them into one way and you don't want to push them into another way. And it's not always as clear cut. It's sometimes your child or you will eat something and you'll feel horrible and you'll think, okay, I'm going to clock that. I never want to eat that thing again, but that thing had 10 ingredients in it. You know, it's a sandwich that was made with bread. That's not bread usually eat and had what, and how do you tease apart. And again, like I'll go back to the clinical experience of all this. In medicine, it's it's really frustrating sometimes when people come in and they say, this happened to me because of this. I caught this infection from this person. Well, did this person have this infection? No, I don't know, but I'm telling you I caught, right? We love cause and effect as human beings. This is in our in our DNA. It's in our nature. And so sometimes with food, if you have let's say you've eaten an entire meal and there are four or five things on your plate and you feel terrible afterwards, you know, it can be problematic to take all five of those things out of your diet. It can also be problematic to say it was the fault of this and point to one thing when frankly, you have no idea. And so helping kids understand what it is in the diet that's making them feel either good or not good is a really helpful step, but it requires conversation, exactly what you did, Vanessa, after, you know, what turned out to be a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. So I think for those of you out there who are terrified of saying something that will tip their kid into disordered behavior, and it is like a daily struggle, right? It is a daily struggle when you're raising kids this age, like, oh my God, if I say this one thing, is this going to push my kid into feeling terrible about themselves or about their bodies or about how they care for their bodies? And like, we know from people out the other end, we know people who as adults look back on the stories that began their eating disorders. And sometimes it is just one thoughtless comment that sent them in this place. And so it's both being thoughtful about what comments we make. And also, Car, as you said, making sure kids know they can always come back to us if they're feeling crummy, if they're wondering about like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Or like everybody else looks this way and I don't, or, you know, things like weight. I listened to this wonderful clip with Jenna and Hoda the other day. And Jenna was talking about how she doesn't have scales in her house, which is something that you and I espouse. And they were like staying in a friend's and there was a scale and like her daughter found the scale and was like, mom, what's this? What does this do? And I was like, what's oh my this God. relic from the past? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, how different would my life be if like I had never seen a scale? And her, she said her daughter just started weighing, not herself, but like everything else, like the cat and like whatever she found in the bathroom. So 
I think that there are wonderful ways to like be in conversation to try to say the right thing. And like, yes, maybe you are going to screw it up. But as we always say, go back and take the do-over and say, I was worried about this. I was worried about your rigidity, but I made a comment that made it seem like I'm not proud of you for like the goal you set for this particular athletic pursuit. And I don't want you to think I'm not proud of you for pursuing this. And like, that is the dance that we're constantly struggling with. Or there's comments that are being made away from you that you'll never know about that get registered by your kids. So just don't forget that your conversations with your kids balance out the conversations that they're hearing in the greater world. And it might be a really helpful thing to circle back with your kid at some point and say, you know, I wonder if in the bigger world, you're hearing comments about this and this. And if you do, I'd love to talk about it. Like, come home and tell me because I'm interested in knowing what's coming your way. And I'm also really interested in sharing how I feel about it. And it won't always be how you feel about it, but it's a great way to start a conversation. And I just want to close with one kind of statement about kids in puberty and worries about weight and body image, because this is sometimes where it comes from, although not always. If your kid comes to you and says, I weigh too much, or I weigh more than my friends, or my body doesn't look like my friends' bodies do, there's just a couple of simple sentences that you can say to them that will just hopefully allay some of these worries and maybe prevent some of this like obsessive restrictive behavior, which is like bodies change at all different times and look very different from each other when they're in this process of transformation. No two bodies are going to look the same. People's weights are all over the map. People's heights are all over the map. Their way their bodies are shaped is all over the map. It's actually really typical that people don't look the same and weigh all different kinds of amounts and have all different kinds of muscles or not muscles. So don't worry. That's actually typical. Because kids this age, all they do is compare themselves to each other. And it's like a Star Wars bar out there. And they are going to look so different from each other. And that's a great place to land because now I think if you had never heard the term orthorexia before, you can understand where the concept comes from, right? If kids are comparing themselves, and they are, and they are both individuating and wanting to fit in and look like everyone else, which is impossible to do both of those things at once, certainly to do both of them well, then you can understand why in certain personalities and temperaments and homes and, you know, social situations, some number of kids start to really restrict in an effort to have some control. And so I predict, Vanessa, that orthorexia will become a fully embraced clinical term in the next five to 10 years. I think you'll see it. You'll start reading about it much more. We read about it, you and I read about it a lot, but I think it'll show up in papers and articles everywhere much more. And I think the beauty of that is that it puts a name onto a phenomenon that definitely exists. And once something is named, then it feels a little more solvable. So if you've got someone in your life you're worried about, now you have a name for it, orthorexia, and start talking about it. And if you need, reach out for some help. And we'll put some resources in the show notes for people just to learn a little bit more and read about how there's kind of not one definition right now, but kind of a series of ideas about what orthorexia is. 
And please be in touch if you have any questions or follow-up requests for more episodes. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Cara. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com